my goodness. Do you ever just wake up in the morning and think, I cannot take another day of this crazy evil garbage that's going on in our country and our world? <sighs> Today was that day. We have a lot to talk about today on the podcast. Last night, 14 Republican senators voted for a gun control bill. We're going to get into that. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you are listening to the Woman's Blaining Podcast. I am also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization in Washington state of like-minded ladies who are united together to help fight for the conservative cause and to impact change here in our state. And I'm very excited to announce to you a little bit later this summer about our national platform coming soon. So stay tuned for that. So exciting. It's amazing to see what God is doing in this country, despite all of the crazy that we do have going on. There are a lot of amazing, true conservative people, Christians, people with courage and bravery and great leadership skills that are all coming together, linking arms for the cause. And while these days are dark, it's nice to have like-minded company who are really willing to step up and fight for the things that we value and that we believe in. So that is encouraging. What is not encouraging, however, is Republicans republicaning. As my friend Todd Herman says, Republicans are good at republicaning. That is what they do. He calls it the party. Like the it's like a uniparty, right? Like most of our Republicans, many of our Republicans are in bed with the Democrats anyway. It's all just one big party. I don't really feel like the Republicans are on our conservative side. Some of them are. There are some amazing really good conservative Republicans who are true to the Constitution and true servants of we the people and just want what's best for the people and the country and want to preserve American way of life and the values that we hold so dear. But a lot of our Republicans are just good at being Republicans and doing politics and playing the games that go along with that. What we saw in the Senate yesterday was 14 of our Republican senators who voted with the Democrats for a gun control bill. And this bill takes aim at our second and our fourth amendments. It came out late on Tuesday and they were only given an hour to read the bill before they had to vote on it. And many uh, Republicans and Democrats all were privy to this bill prior to it being given to the rest of the senators. But those who hadn't read it were supposed to vote on it within an hour. And we knew going into this that we had at least we knew of 10 Republican senators who were going to vote for this bill. And we actually had 14, some of the usual suspects like Mitt Romney and Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, John Cornyn, who has become uh, the enemy of the conservatives right now because he's so proud of his vote on this gun control bill and his uh, involvement in this piece of legislation. Who else was in there? Uh, Joni Ernst was one of the senators that voted for this. I will have a link to all of their names in the notes so you can go look that up if you'd like. Representative Thomas Massey 
made a good point about this bill. They're calling it gun legislation or gun safety. There's a lot of different terms that they're using to promote this bill, but he makes the point of saying, call it what it is, gun control. And that's exactly what it is. And it's an infringement on our Second Amendment rights. And unfortunately, we don't have a majority of our senators standing up for this. So this is likely to pass. One of the things that they've got in here is these red flag laws. These red flag laws that are in this gun control bill would hurt regular citizens like you and me. It would be whoever the party, the regime, decided they didn't want to have access to firearms. They could red flag us and we wouldn't be able to legally own firearms. And that's the whole idea with the with the red flag laws. The way that we see our government going, this should scare every citizen because we have seen the way that the radical left, the Democrats, and even the so-called moderate Republicans, the rhinos, have demonized the conservatives, the people that they call us the far right, the fringe right, people who like freedom, people who protest mandates and, and don't want to get the quote-unquote COVID vaccine. The, that's considered fringe right. And a lot of the things that we believe are considered fringe rights. You know, if you want to protect your ki- children, if you sh- are a parent who sh- shows up to a school board meeting who is speaking out against critical race theory or the LGBTQ agenda, you are considered fringe right and you are considered a de- domestic terrorist. This is not new. We've been seeing this over the last couple of years. And so it's easy to see how they would use these red flag laws against people who have different values that they don't agree with, people who are critical thinkers, who are independent and who want less government. They're going to look at people like us. They don't want us to be armed. That's exactly what this gun control bill is designed to do. It's to disarm the population that they don't want to have access to firearms. But it's okay. Criminals can have access to firearms, and and that's totally fine. I mentioned uh, in an episode last week, there was a school shooter here in Washington state who was booked into jail. He was arrested and uh, for illegal possession of a firearm and for having a firearm on school property, and they let him out on $250 bail. So we know that they're soft on crime in all of these Democrat-led cities and states. And with a federal government that's led by radical leftists, we're going to see the same thing nationwide, with the exception of maybe some of our sanctuary counties that are run by constitutional sheriffs, which is another reason why it's so important for us to protect those elected sheriffs in King County, Washington, which is the Seattle area, they've made that position an appointed position. It's no longer the King County Sheriff is no longer elected by the people. They are appointed by I'm not sure which position it is, if it's the mayor or who appoints the King County Sheriff, but it is an appointed position. So the people no longer have a say in who their sheriff is. So that's another reason why it's really important for us as citizens to protect our constitutionally elected sheriffs in our counties around the country. That is important. And we need to be electing sheriffs who will uphold the Constitution. Now, Matt Gates also commented about this on Twitter. A lot of the uh, conservative, uh, kind of the top conservative 
Congress people have been talking a lot about this. You've seen Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, uh, Jim Jordan and Thomas Massey, to name a few. You've got Josh Hawley in the Senate. And Matt Gates tweeted this morning, the gun control bill is just awful. And he's absolutely right. There's 80 pages of garbage in this bill. One of the things that's in this bill is they're giving $100 million to the FBI in this gun control bill. I'm going to read you uh, just a little snippet from the bill. For an additional amount for salaries and expenses, $100 million to remain available until expended to meet additional resource needs of the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. So they're investing another $100 million to background check people. Now, we already have in our country the laws that prevent criminals from getting their hands on guns. Criminals don't obey laws. So this doesn't change anything for the criminals who are going to get their hands on guns anyway. This bill impacts the law-abiding citizens, the law-abiding firearm owners who are just following their Second Amendment rights. And this is by design. Tucker Carlson uh, had, a sh- had a short segment that I'm going to play for you here. This was last night in his uh, monologue. And it was before they actually took the vote. So this is about Senator John Cornyn, who has, as I said earlier, he's receiving a lot of backlash. He's from Texas. He was at uh, he was at a conservative convention or a Republican convention in Texas, and he got booed when he came out on stage. But I want to play for you what Tucker had to say about uh, Senator Cornyn last night on the Tucker Carlson show. We've got a Fox News alert for you. We alluded, we alluded to it a moment ago. At this moment, the Senate is voting to advance a so-called gun control bill that is, in fact, a law that would allow police to confiscate firearms unconstitutionally and legally from American citizens who have not been charged, much less convicted of a crime. Now, many Republican senators, such as Joni Ernst and Shelley Moore Caputo, are reportedly voting yes on the bill. It's hard to believe that's true, but apparently it is. Senator John Cornyn, the lead Republican negotiator who has gone far left in recent years, is currently celebrating on the Senate floor because, again, only Ukrainians are allowed to have guns. Cornyn was just seen shaking hands with Chuck Schumer, his close friend. Is he representing the voters of Texas? No. But apparently John Cornyn isn't just stopping with guns. He has his sights now on immigration. Cornyn was just seen smiling while speaking to Democratic Senator Alex Padilla, saying, quote, first guns, now it's immigration. Has there ever been a greater, more brazen sellout of any group of voters than what Republican senators Mitch McConnell, John Cornyn, and the rest are doing right now? Talk about a subversion of democracy. If they keep this up, the system will collapse. You have to represent the interests of your voters. That's why you're there. And Tucker's 100% correct. And this is something that has bothered me ever since I started getting involved in politics, which has only been for the last couple of years. I've always been a political outsider. I really didn't care about politics or government one way or the other until Trump came on the scene and I started watching him. And then my my eyes got open to what was going on in our country. And I realized, oh, crap, we have a problem here and we need to drain the swamp. I mean, I think President Trump really that term of draining the swamp is so accurate and we have got swamp all over our country we don't just have the dc swamp but i know here in washington we have the washington olympia swamp and i'm sure every state has their own version of swamp creatures and it's time for us 
as the American people to drain the swamp. And what you're seeing is a lot of people who are like me, who never really paid attention, now we're paying attention and we see how swampy and corrupt it is. And we're standing up and saying, no more. We don't want Republicans like this. And this creates a real problem in the Republican Party because, you know, of course, I primarily vote Republican because that's what I I align more with the Republican platform, of course, than I do the Democrats. And so I, you know, I don't, I call myself a conservative, but I vote Republican, but I won't vote for a Republican just because they're a Republican. I want to vote for conservatives who are going to vote for the things that are important to me. And the Republican Party that I'm noticing here in my state and on a federal level is they just expect people to support Republicans because they're Republicans. There's an R after the name, so you have to support them. And the people who are getting involved, we don't want that. We want to drain the swamp. We want to get rid of these people who don't have our best interests at heart and who are corrupt and who are willing to compromise. And that's one of the things that I see a lot of here in Washington is people within the Republican Party are saying, well, we have to compromise if we're going to get, you know, at least a little of what we want, or we have to compromise so we reach those voters in the middle. And I actually think that's the worst thing that we can do. Compromising is the worst thing we can do because, number one, the Democrats, they never compromise. You will never see a Democrat compromise. They will always stay with their party. They won't compromise. They want what they want, and they're not giving in. But the Republicans will give in, and they think, if I compromise on this bill, then the Democrats might compromise with me on this other bill that I want them to compromise on. And it never works that way. It's never a two-way street. It is always a one-way street. And Republicans don't seem to learn that lesson. And time and time again, they come to the table to compromise, and the other side isn't willing to do that in return. And so it's kind of, it's so frustrating because I just want to say, wake up. They're not going to compromise in return. So stop compromising. The other thing is, I believe that people have a lot more respect for those who are willing to take a stand. You are on one side or the other. You cannot ride the fence. You cannot try to appease two different groups of people who want very different things. You have to take a stand and then you have to go all in on your stand. And I think that's a big part of why the Republican Party struggles so much is you have these sort of, I call them establishment Republicans, people call them rhinos, mainstream Republicans, whatever you want to call them. I think they struggle so much because they want to walk the fence. They want to ride that center line and go, you know, kind of whichever way the wind blows, whichever's going to get them the votes. And it doesn't work in their favor. People want to know where you stand and they want to know what you're going to do. And so having people who are predictable, who say what they mean, who mean what they say, and who follow through, those are the people that are going to win the vote of the people, because that is what we want. We want to know we can count on you. And I think that's the biggest way that the Republicans have dropped the ball is we don't know if we can count on them. And I think we have lost so much faith in our Republican Party it's really difficult to know who is going to 
do what they say they were going to do or what they promised they were going to do when they were a candidate. You take Lindsey Graham, for instance, and I mentioned this in a previous episode. He promised Marjorie Taylor Greene when she was just a citizen and she went to Washington, D.C., and she asked him about these gun laws and asked him if he was going to vote for them. And he promised her that he would not vote for them. And he's been voting for them ever since he made that promise. And so we are seeing this on a large, massive scale, not just in D.C., but all around the country. And, you know, I have been looking at candidates here in Washington, and there's a gentleman in eastern Washington. His name is Lonnie Ray Williams. You can go to his website and check him out, LonnieRayWilliams.com. You may not be in Washington State. He's in the 7th Legislative District. You may not be in his district, but I encourage you to go check him out and just kind of see what I mean by just a regular old person stepping up saying something's wrong something needs to be fixed someone needs to get in here and honor what the people of their district want and he's a husband he's a father he's a veteran and he was discouraged by the way that the incumbent had voted on many things and so he decided to step up and run and it's a completely grassroots campaign and he's up against like I said, an incumbent, and she's entrenched within the leadership of the party, which is going to make her difficult to to beat. Um, she has also raised so far something like $96,000, and he has raised about 2000 So, you know, there you can see a huge discrepancy, and, and we know that in politics, money gets you places. But I think people are waking up to all of this and people really want elected officials who are going to listen to what we want and take it to their capital and take it to their legislature or Congress or wherever they happen to be going and actually vote the way the constituents want. And I don't think this is going to happen overnight, which is going to lead to more frustration for us because it's hard to watch these Republicans sell us out over and over and over again in so many different ways. They've sold out our kids. They're selling out our gun rights. You know, look at where we are on, you know, in our economy. And it's, it's hard because it doesn't feel like anyone's standing up. You could look at the J6 commission and, you know, there's just everywhere you look, it seems like Republicans are selling us out. So I don't think we're going to see it turn overnight. I think this is a marathon and not a sprint, but I think we can use our frustration as fuel to create change. And that looks like supporting candidates like Lonnie Ray Williams, supporting the candidates who are completely grassroots. It might be your neighbor who is who says, you know what, I'll step up and run for that position. We need to be looking at the people that maybe are the last person you'd expect to get involved in politics. But I believe that's what our founding fathers really designed this for, was that so your average citizen would step up and make a difference, would, would be elected to serve the people, would get in there, serve the people, be a voice for the people, make some changes, and then step back and go back into their civilian life And then another person can step in and become a voice of the people. I don't believe that our founding fathers ever intended for us to have career politicians who were all about money and bureaucratic garbage that they're filling this these bills with. I don't believe that was ever the intention. And so I want to leave this episode with a word of sort of encouragement and a call to action for you. I want you to look at who is running 
in your district, in your state, that you could support someone who, you know, is the underdog because that those are the people that need our help. The people that we need to get elected, they're going to be the underdogs. They're going to be the ones who do not have the corporate backing or the backing from political action committees or the GOP. Um, they are really going to be the person in your community who has never served before and may look to most politicians as unqualified. But as I've said before, God doesn't call the qualified. But if he's calling you, I guarantee you he will give you the tools that you need to do it. So look for those people who are heeding the call to step up into these positions and see how you can align with them and help them because these candidates, you can donate to them from anywhere. You don't have to live in their district or their state to donate to their campaign. So if you can donate some money, if you can donate time, if you live in the district, maybe you can hold an event. Maybe you can go doorbelling. Maybe you can put a sign in your yard. There's so many ways to help. Maybe you post on social media. I think social media goes so far these days into raising people's awareness. So that's my call to action for you. That's your homework for this episode is go online and figure out who's running in your area. Or if you know of a true conservative running somewhere else, go check them out and find out how you can help them and do something. There's so many, like you don't even need to leave your keyboard, you can do something to help a candidate from your computer. So that is your action step for today. And this is where I'm going to leave it for today. I hope you listened to yesterday's episode when I interviewed Falaki Kellogg. She is so amazing. She always gets me fired up. If you haven't listened to it yet, do go back and catch that interview and please share it with friends. Please share this episode with friends. We just need people to get on board and people to get involved. And it's time for people who have never cared about government and politics to step up and get behind some of these grassroots campaigns and candidates. And I think, you know, over time, we will see some changes, but we all have to do our part. We all have to get involved. So thank you for listening. And I look forward to seeing you again next time. 